Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Hey, welcome to Crossbridge. My name is Kevin and I am our Peru campus pastor. And it's great to have all of you from Morris and Peru And uh, those of you tuning in online, it's great to be together. And before I go any further, I should probably say that yes, with my new Santa beard and my Santa figure, um, I've been wearing a lot less red because yes, I've had a lot more kids looking at me in recent days with wide-eyed wonder. So um, that's why I'm wearing a lot more black. Anyway, all right, with that out of the way, hey, let's get started. You know, Christmas is coming, and, uh, and we get asked the question, we've asked the question several times at least already, are you ready for Christmas? And when we ask that question or get, that, get asked that, we know it's, you know, hey, do you, do you have the, the presents uh, purchased and wrapped and, you know, your travel arrangements planned for the holiday? But, but, you know, as followers of Jesus, there is so much more meaning to that question because, yes, we look back to when our Savior first came in that manger. But even more so, these days help us to look ahead with hopeful anticipation that our Christ is coming again and that all that is wrong in our world will be made right. And so in order for us to embrace the gifts of hope and joy and love this Christmas, it's important that we be listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. He speaks to us through his word. And so let's dig in today. Um, our, our text is found in Matthew chapter 11, and it's verses 1 through 6. It says, After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John the Baptist heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Boy, can you imagine that? Blessed is the man who does not fall away. On account of me. Hey, let's pray before we go any further. Heavenly Father, we ask that you today would minister to our hearts, speak truth to us that we desperately need. And God, uh, we ask that you would give to us the grace, the faith, and the courage not simply to hear, but to respond with obedient uh, and joyful hearts to what you might say to us. And we pray all of this in Christ's wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Hey, you've probably heard the names Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, Rousseau. You know, the world has given to us some uh, profound, thought-provoking philosophers. I I must confess, I don't read those very often. But but there is one uh, American modern-day philosopher that uh, 25 years ago, he came on the scene, and we first were uh, were introduced to him uh, on, a, on a park bench there in Greenbow, Alabama, as he awaited the number nine bus. As he told his story to those uh, who had joined him on the park bench, he told of all, kind of all kinds of unexpected happenings to him. You may remember his name was Forrest, <laughs> Forrest Gump. 
And he told stories of how when he was a, a little boy, his legs were so weak and he had these uh, restrictive huge braces on his legs and, and all the kids, they made fun of him and laughed at him and picked on him and, and chased him. And yet those very same legs once a week would, would be that which drove him to run all the way across country and back and be such an inspiration to so many who would follow after him. Forrest Gump, he he had a a philosophy about life. He had a saying. He said, life is like, and and you'll have to uh, help me remember this. In fact, if you could just say it aloud with me, if you know his philosophy. He said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to (laughs) get. You know, Professor Gump explained with this easy-to-understand illustration that, that life is filled with all kinds of twists and turns. You know, you win some and you lose some. And I, and I think even though we, we understand that reality, that we may be joyful one moment and really disappointed the next, the truth is that sometimes life is just so unfair and for those of us who would say that Jesus is Lord of all and he's, he's the Lord of this universe and the Lord of my life when we're following him, how come life sometimes is so unfair? It's, it's hard to explain. It's hard to embrace. You know, for John, whom we just read about, he was so familiar with Jesus. I, I mean, even before he was born, he knew Jesus. He was, he was his uh, second cousin. The scripture tells us that um, when Mary, the mother of Jesus, when she was pregnant and, and expecting, she went to visit her cousin, Elizabeth, who was pregnant with John. And the scripture tells us in Luke chapter 1, uh, Elizabeth, John's mother's words, when she encountered the mother of Jesus, she said, why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, Mary... The baby in my womb, John, leapt with joy. John, even before he was born, he knew the identity of the one in in Mary's womb. He knew this Jesus. We're told later on, as as Pastor Kevin Donahoe um, spoke about last week, that this John, he made it his vocation, he understood the calling of God, that his unique ministry would be to prepare the way for the Lord. And from the wilderness, he called people out from where they were living to repent, to turn away from sin, but lean into what this Savior, this Messiah was, was doing and be a part of it. And we're told in Matthew chapter 3, then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River out to the wilderness to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. Again, he recognized who Jesus really was. He said, I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, John said. So why are you, Jesus, coming to me? John clearly understood that Jesus was the Messiah, the promised one from God who would come to earth and make all things that were wrong right again. But you know, in that day, just like we do today, there was a lot of misunderstanding about the identity of Jesus and what this kingdom that he, the king, brought with him. You see, in that day, they really expected that the Messiah who came would follow in the line of David. David was a, a great political king and he had conquered his enemies and so they believed that this Messiah would be this uh, political and military um, leader 
who would come and, and just as the world had those who were on top, as the Israelites, the people of God, were on the bottom, you know, Caesar was kind of in power. They just thought that the, the world would just kind of be turned upside down and, and the Israelites, God's people, would be in power as the king of kings, Jesus, sat on the throne. And, and they, they also misunderstood the timing of the kingdom of God. You, you think, John was thinking, hey, now that Messiah has ra- arrived, everything is going to be good, you know, rainbows and butterflies. And here we find John in the text that we read. He's, he's writing from prison, or he's calling out from prison. And he's wondering from behind these bars, Jesus, what, what's going on here? We, I thought that everything that was wrong would be made right. And so why am I in this predicament? And so he sends his disciples, evidently from prison he was at least able to have some visitors and so he sends those that he had been teaching to follow Jesus he sends them to go out and to find Jesus and ask him this incredible question verse 3 look at it John asks through his disciples are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should we keep looking for someone else not long ago, my wife celebrated her birthday, and I was in the card section, you know, looking for a card that basically says what, you know, hey, that sounds like something I would say. I'll pay $4 for it, but I found this beautiful card on, on, the, on the front of it, and it was just kind of a serene setting, and, and it said, you're the answer to my prayers. And I thought, oh, that sounds good. That sounds like something I would say. Sarah really is the answer to my prayers. And then I opened it up, and it said, but you're not at all what I had asked for. (laughs) I thought that was funny, but isn't that the way life is sometimes? Jesus, you're the answer to our prayers, but but this isn't what I was asking for. I I wasn't asking to be uh, in prison. I I wasn't asking, Lord, for this kind of uh, depth of of, uh, discouragement or frustration, And, and in our own lives, we experience that in all different kinds of ways. And we have our own doubts, We have our own disappointments. We have our own unmet expectations. But but notice notice not just John's question. We all have that same question at times. Jesus, I've been walking with you. I've been following you. I've been telling people about you. But I'm at a place in my life now, God, where this was just so unexpected. I didn't ask for this. Are you the one Are you really the one, or or should we be hoping for something else? But notice where Jesus took his question straight, or John took his question straight to Jesus. Straight to Jesus. You know, doubts, honest questions that we have, they can lead us to discouragement and, and to despair and ultimately to blindness to what God wants to do in us and through us. But, but the honest questions, honest doubts, when we take them to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, when we bring them to a God that we know loves us, that we can trust with those honest questions, even honest questions about Jesus' own identity. God, are you really good? God, are you really great? Are you really powerful? Can you really do something in this situation because these bars that I'm behind, 
this addiction that I'm facing, this disappointment, this broken relationship, it's just seeming like there's just nothing that can be done. Are you really the Messiah that we've been waiting for or should I be looking for someone else? It's okay. It's okay to have questions. In fact, those kinds of questions Although they can lead us down a path of despair, those same honest questions, when we wrestle with them with our Savior, in conversation with God, they can, those doubts, those questions, they can lead us to a stronger sense of trusting faith. You know, if I were to hop on on this table, I would be really doubtful that it could hold my Santa figure, you know? And so being uh, doubtful of this holding me and probably of getting hurt, I would say I, I know where, where a solid foundation is. The same is true with honest questions when we bring them to Jesus and ask him. Let's look at Jesus' response to John's question. His answer was somewhat unspect, uh, unexpected. He didn't give this thesis. He didn't say, go tell John yes, and here's three reasons why. He just invited John's disciples to open up their ears, to open up their eyes, and to see, to see what Jesus was doing in the world, to see how he was bringing life and hope to people, to see, to see the blind and their eyes being opened, to see that the lame and the sick that they were walking, that they were being cured, that the deaf, their ears were opened, to see that healing and reconciliation and redemption was happening in in the world around them. He just invited them to, to see for themselves and then to go and tell John what they were experiencing. You know, as followers of Jesus, that's all that we're called to do is to show and tell. Look what God has been doing in my life. He has transformed me. It is so evident what he has been doing in me and in my family and and through me. That's what we're invited to do. You know, when life is like a box of chocolates, (laughs) when we never uh, can uh, dictate or uh, um, with a crystal ball see our future completely, when life is like a box of chocolates, do we still see and hear and believe God is at work. He's at work in my life. He's at work in my relationships. He he is helping me and transforming me to become more and more like Jesus, that I can surrender my whole life to the will of the Father, that I can willingly give myself away in love to the world, regardless of how they treat me, knowing that when I die to myself, when I surrender to the will of the Father, he raises me up new over and over and over again. He gives to me the gifts of joy and peace and hope. And he instills in me this passionate desire to be about the work, partnering with him to bring sight to the blind, to feed the hungry, to care for the broken areas and relationships in life. You know, Jesus said after he he invited the the disciples of John to just see, to open up their eyes and see what God was doing around them and to go back and and then tell John. As they were leaving, 
Jesus turned to the others, the crowd that was there with them, evidently. And this is what he said. In verse 12, we're told, From the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. Forcefully advancing. This kingdom is not on the heels because this king is not backing up. In fact, this kingdom that he brought through his death and resurrection, that he has empowered his people to live out through the Holy Spirit, this kingdom is moving forward. And the question for us today is, do you see it? Do you see in the midst of disappointment and brokenness, do you see that God is still at work and and can you trust him? In the midst of where despair could overtake and overwhelm, are you allowing the gift of hope to instill a new passion within you to be a part of what God wants to do in us and through us? You know, there's this mindset among some Christians, it's a really unhealthy one, that interprets this season, this time, until Jesus returns, his second coming, that it's our job to just kind of hang on. We've got our ticket punched to heaven, and all we need to do now is just kind of hang on. Can I just tell you, I know there are times in my life when I, when I need to just kind of hang on. There are seasons like that, when I feel discouraged, when I feel overwhelmed, and I know that I just need to hang on to the hand of the one who holds the world in his hand. I, I realize that. But, but a mindset that is truly a Jesus mindset of our world is that his kingdom has come and the victory has been won over evil and death. And that in this season where we wait for God's second coming, the kingdom is forcefully advancing. One decision, one moment at a, as a time, as people, just like John in prison, hear the good news that yes, he is the Messiah. No, you don't need to wait for anybody else. You just get in line, align your life with what he is doing. And when we do that, one decision, one moment, one family, one thing at a time, the kingdom of God is coming. And when Christ returns, all the work that we have been doing will not be for naught, but he will establish his kingdom in its fullness here on earth. So how we live our lives today, it matters as we await for him to come again. You know, I, uh, it's okay to have questions. I, I have a friend, uh, just this past week, we sat down and, and uh, had some lunch together and, and we were talking. I was asking him about his faith and he has some honest doubts. He has some honest doubts about uh, the identity of Jesus about the Christian faith and it's, um, how true it is. But you know, um, he's exercising and exploring that faith in the context of our church. He and his family participate in our faith community and so he's bringing those honest questions to Jesus. I, I would invite you, wherever you may be living today, if you've got doubts, if you've got questions, Bring them to Jesus in the midst of our faith community. Learn to work out your faith. You know, Jesus had some words of instruction as those disciples were leaving. He said to us in verse 6, and we read it already, 
He says, blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. That word fall away, you know, the New Testament, what we just read was originally, it was written in Greek. And that term fall away, it, it indicated a, a kind of animal trap. Can you just imagine a, you know, a, a makeshift trap that's a, maybe a box that's set up and you got a stick on there and tied to the stick is a string with some kind of food or bait. And when some unsuspecting animal takes the bait, pulls on it, and the, the string pulls the stick, and they are trapped. Jesus is saying, blessed is the one who does not become trapped because of their understanding of me. What's he saying? He says, doubt, doubt can trap us from experiencing the blessings that comes with knowing Christ as our Savior and Lord. Doubt can creep in and keep us from experiencing hope and joy. And in other words, what Jesus is saying to those who would hear, he said, you know, John had certain expectations. Even though he knew me, he had certain expectations of what the Messiah was and what he was about. Blessed are you, who do not fall away simply because I don't meet your expectations. So let's take our honest doubts and concerns and believe that Jesus is Lord. And even as we wrestle with those, invite Jesus to wrestle with us together. You know, some of us, maybe we've become so focused on the jail cell that we're in. That we've become desensitized to a world around us, those who are blind, those who are sick, those who are hurting, those who are in need of a savior. And I would invite us to exchange our desperation, our hurry, our self-centered, self-absorbed focus. I would invite us to bring our lives and our vision before our Savior. Ask him, ask him honestly, God, can you transform me? Can you help me to see and to hear around me what you are doing and how I can participate? You know, there's a song. It was written by uh, Amy Grant. And uh, I know at our physical campuses, we just heard this song. But the title of the, of the song is Grown Up Christmas List. And it's written with the framework of, you know, when I was a child, I dreamed big dreams. I asked big things of Santa Claus. I, I believed that he could bring it. But since I've grown up, since I've experienced all kinds of unmet expectations and disappointments, since I've seen the way the world, our, our, the way our world is broken, the, the way that self-centeredness has just kind of destroyed the, the fabric of our lives in many ways. Since I've grown up, I've stopped asking big things. I've stopped believing that God can do big things. And so the, the lyrics, they force us maybe to look in the mirror. To look in the mirror. I, I'd like to just share some of those words with you. It, she writes, do you remember me? I sat upon your knee. I wrote to you with childhood fantasies. Well, I'm all grown up now and still need help somehow. 
I'm not a child, but my heart still can dream. So here's my lifelong wish, my grown-up Christmas list. Not for myself, but for a world in need. No more lives torn apart, that wars would never start, and time would heal all hearts, and everyone would have a friend, and right would always end, and love would never end. Now this, this is my grown-up Christmas list. Can I ask you, friends, are you in a place like John? Maybe just imprisoned to something that you cannot uh, see what God is doing and you've stopped asking, not only for yourselves, but in the lives of others, God, do big things and use me. Perhaps this story could become our story. We learn later on in the scriptures that John did not give up hope. In fact, even as King Herod took his head, he remained faithful. And and I tell you what, even in death, resurrection, eternal life was, was a gift for John. For us this morning, could we choose to believe in the midst of our disappointments that could lead us down a road of despair? That there is a Messiah who has come and through the way of the cross, through the way of suffering and death, has made abundant life, joy possible, and a hope that calls us to get involved in bringing his kingdom from heaven to earth. You know, in just a moment, our campus pastors are going to come and they're going to lead us to the table where we are going to receive a meal that we call communion together and it's a a, an unexpected meal where we remember christ's death his suffering that his body was broken his blood was shed for us but in that meal we celebrate that through that act of our savior our messiah we can receive in the place of despair hope in the midst of suffering joy And where once self-centered, self-absorbed focus can be all that we know, we can receive even through this meal the gift of love to see and to hear the way Jesus does. Campus pastors are going to come. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for your faithfulness to uh, speaking to us today as we receive this meal, Lord. Help us to receive and to ask big things from you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.